Discerning Hearts presents In Search of the Still Point with Dr. Regis Martin. In this episode, Dr. Martin reflects on the first Corpus Christi procession. What is uh, the single most necessary thing we need to know? Indeed, the very best news we could possibly hope to hear. The answer cannot be an idea or a construct of the human mind, however sublime, nor can it be a movement of the will to accomplish some mighty deed. It can only be an event taking place in an unforeseen and wholly unexpected way, breaking into a barren and broken world to announce something completely new. Well, where does it come from, then? The only possible answer is from above, amid the silence of the heavens, from which, in a most dizzying descent, it suddenly erupts into history at an appointed moment in time and space, an entirely unique and unrepeatable event. It could never have happened before, nor will it ever happen again. Does this remind you of anything, awaken a memory of a certain impossible intersection of time and eternity, history and heaven, the incarnation of God, no less? And who is the mediating figure here but a young Jewish maiden of maybe 14 or 15 years of age, who quite simply said yes to God, and thereupon set in motion the entire mystery of our redemption. She who, as the poet Hopkins exclaims, not only gave God's infinity dwindled to infancy, welcome in womb and breast, birth, milk, and all the rest, but mothers each new grace that does now reach our race. We do not know how soon thereafter the mother of God set out to visit her cousin Elizabeth, traversing the difficult hill country along the way. The gospel accounts are silent on the matter of how long the interval between the mystery of Annunciation and that of Visitation. But we do know this much, which is that she arose in haste and that she did not go alone. There was someone with her, hidden away in her body, to whom she had given the most full and free assent of her will. Not only had she conceived God in her womb, but from the very beginning of her life, he dwelt in the deepest intimacy of her heart who now wishes, of course, that she take him to others, to the very ends of the earth, becoming, as Hans Urs von Balthasar put it, in a lovely little book called The Threefold Garland, a vessel, a monstrance of the word and will of God to become flesh. And she does not know, he adds, how this center within her around which she now has her life, will grow to full stature. She only knows that her whole life belongs to this other, expropriated into God's whole 
objective history of salvation, the very center of which is here living and growing within her own center, eventually to emerge from her. Why not call this journey into the hill country by its rightful name, which is to say, the world's first Corpus Christi procession, which includes an essential ecclesial dimension, inasmuch as Mary does not act alone, does not move in a solitary universe, untethered to others or to God. After all, she is the mother of the Church, Mater Ecclesia, who, in the purity of her response to God, represents pure grace, total transparency before his will. And until we recognize this deep Marian reality of the Church, as having first burst into bloom in that little room in Nazareth, then born along the way to the home of her cousin, we shall, we shall have left out the most essential and necessary detail of her identity. The Church is not primarily an institution. She is not an apparatus of power, but she is a presence, a person, a woman, one who is both virgin and mother right from the beginning. And this visit of Mary to Elizabeth, whose own child leaps in her womb on seeing this new reality in their midst, is not just about Mary or Elizabeth. It is really about Christ coming to visit John, and through him the entire nation of Israel and the Gentile world beyond. The two mothers, as Adrian von Speyer tells us in The Handmaid of the Lord, the two mothers are only there for the mediation of the sons. Wherever Mary goes with her child in tow, the grace of the child flows out through her into the world. What a perfect snapshot this provides of the feast of Corpus Christi, that Mary, mother of God and now mother of the church, who first carried the child in her womb, should now do so before the world he came to claim as his own. What could be more natural, obvious even, in one so steeped in innocence than this sudden impulse to share the gift of her son? to present him to others, to monstrate him before the world which he made, and then sieving, and then sin, having verily, very nearly unmade it, he undertakes to remake the world in the event of his coming among us. Why shouldn't we then, members of a church modeled along Marian lines, want to showcase our Lord and Savior in this public way? What better way to unmask the lies that surround us, the principalities and powers that oppress us at every turn, than to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ? To do so in the most outward and public way, too, with processions along the streets of the cities and towns, which are also God's possession, even if they do not yet recognize the fact. 
and because the last enemy to be overcome is death. Who besides Christ is there to demonstrate his defeat? In a moving reflection on the Feast of Corpus Christi, Pope Benedict XVI reminded us that, at its very heart, the Eucharist is the answer to the question of death. For it is the encounter with that love which is stronger than death. Corpus Christi is the response to this central Eucharistic mystery. Once a year, it gives demonstrative expression to the triumphal joy in Christ's victory. As we accompany the victor on this triumphal procession through the streets. What a fitting gesture to offer Christ, our King and Savior. By taking him out into those very streets, he longs to visit that world which he first entered in the womb of his mother, who is our mother as well. Thanks for listening. This is Regis Martin in search of the still point. You've been listening to Dr. Regis Martin in search of the still point. For more episodes in this series, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in our free Discerning Hearts app or on many other streaming platforms. Discerning Hearts is a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. To learn how you can support our mission, visit discerninghearts.com.